Hallelujah. God. Hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for you. Mean that. I'm going to repeat what I said Wednesday night. Those that were here Wednesday, I told you you'd probably hear it again. Um, this season, if we're not careful, this season can bring a lot of pressure. For many different reasons. In North America, especially, it can bring a lot of pressure to spend beyond our means. I would discourage that. Not from my opinion, but from the Word of God. The Scripture says that the borrower is servant or slave to the lender. And so if you are so pressed by the God of this world to spend beyond what you can afford, you are becoming a slave. And so I don't recommend that. Matter of fact, I highly discourage it to somebody who loves you. And so make gifts, write letters, don't fall into the trap of North American marketing. And turn the holidays into something that you dread as soon as they're over. Amen? Praise God. You say, man, Brother Hart, I don't know if you have the right to tell us that. You have the right to ignore it if you choose to. I can give you plenty of scripture for it. I care about you. I've watched too many people get caught up in that. So, anyway. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you were here last Sunday, um, we talked about before the beginning. If you were here Wednesday night, we talked about the body. As it relates to what we talked about last Sunday. And I think we're going to go a little further today. I really am not trying to stay on a, a theme. Um, I really do. I, I'm asking the Lord. When I, when I feel like I'm stuck on a thought, I seek, I'm learning to seek to push that thought out to make sure I'm not married to a thought when the Lord's trying to go a different direction. Um, and I thought I was going a certain direction today that I'm sure will go some other time, um, but the Lord began dealing with me differently. It's still going to be about the body, but he began dealing with me differently uh, just a little bit before service. Uh, and it sort of surprised me because up about 4 or 4.30 this morning and he just kept talking to me about the same thing more and more and more and I thought man I like that let's go that way and this is important praise God 
We are, we talked about this Wednesday, but I just want to start with this, just sort of an intro and then we'll continue. We are the body of Christ. And we are filled with the baptism of the gift of the Holy Ghost. The scripture says, as many as were baptized into Christ, were baptized into the body of Christ. So we become a part of the body of Christ scripturally when we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When we're baptized in water in Jesus' name, that is the circumcising of the heart. And it is the applying of the blood of Jesus to wash away and remit our sins. It's the baptism of the Holy Ghost that then places us in the body of Christ. Makes us a part of the body of Christ. Now... We are individual members in the body. Just like my body has a hand, my hand has fingers and knuckles and joints and wrists and, I mean, I know all the fancy names, right? Tarsal, metatarsal, all that stuff. That's my foot or something like that. But anyway, carpal, metacarpal, get the right area here. I see all these nurses over here. (laughs) Got to be careful using medical stuff around here. All these parts make my hand, but my hand, even with all of its parts, does not make my body. And my body is dependent on every part. And we are the body of Christ. You know how many bones are in the human body? None of you on this row right here. How many, Brother Nelson? Yeah, 206. In the adult body, just for the technical people up there. How many joints are in the human body? Anybody want to throw that number out? 450-ish. They're going to go check now, see? Yeah. Yeah, about 450 joints in the human body. Now, it's interesting, well, we're going somewhere different than I thought. Well, we might end up out here. We'll just see. The body with all of its parts. Now, we can talk about my back aches, my knee hurts, my shoulders sore. I've got a headache. But, you know, the older people get, I'm getting older. I'm knocking on 50's door. You hear people talk, talking about their joints. Right? You know, we didn't pay attention to our joints when we were younger. We didn't think about that. And it's funny in our, I feel like with where the body of Christ is in time and where the Lord is taking us because of time and time is running out and the end of time that's coming to be. Because of time, the Lord is trying to arrest our attention. What I feel in the Holy Ghost that He is doing is he's trying to unify the body so that he can mobilize the body in the earth in this last hour. 
And so if we believe the word of God that we are the body of Christ and members in particular, then our primary responsibility in seeking Him should become what is my place in the body? Where do I fit in your plan? Where do I fit in the body of Christ? What's my place, my role, my function in your body? I don't mean in the church as a natural thing. I mean spiritually. What is my place in the body? What's my place in relationship to my brother and my sister? We read in 1 Corinthians 12 Wednesday night. He hath placed each member in the body as it pleased him. And so I have to determine what is the function, my function in his purpose. And we read it Wednesday. We're going to read it again. We'll go to 1 Corinthians in a minute, maybe. We're going to go to Ephesians 4 right now. Ephesians chapter 4. Now you remember last Sunday we talked about the beginning and before the beginning. Remember that. Now watch this. Ephesians chapter 4. I went to 3. I'm not going to do that to you again, Brother Jeremiah. Ephesians chapter 4. Let's start with verse number 11. And he gave some, he is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's talking about in the body. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why did he give this? These are not offices. You've heard this before. These are not offices. These are ministries. It's the ministry of an apostle, the ministry of a prophet, the ministry of an evangelist. The minist We've made these offices. We've made these titles of men. Don't necessarily have a problem with that per se, but we need to understand in Scripture, this is not talking about titles given to men. This is speaking of ministries. There is a ministry of an apostle. There is a ministry of a pastor or someone that has a the ministry of the Spirit of the Lord through someone as a shepherd. All right? These are ministries. He gave these. Why? Verse number 12. Here's why. The Lord does everything with purpose. And he gave them for the perfecting of the saints. Why does he want the saints perfected? Now hear me this morning. Perfected there, and this is a, a, a misunderstanding the Lord's got to deliver us from. This idea that if I live for God and I become a child of God, I start going to church, sincerely seeking him, and then... I've got to get to the place to where I'm perfect. And so I need to make sure, even if I'm not, people see me in the best light. Don't want to see any of my flaws. Put on the best front. That's not what this is talking about. The Lord gave these different ministries in the body. The perfecting is the completion, the making complete of the saints. And if we're the body of Christ, I'm going to let you in on something. You and I are not complete as an individual part. The perfecting, the completion of the saints happens as we come together as a body. But watch. He, why did he want the completion of the saints? The next line. For the work of the ministry. 
He didn't give those ministries for the work of the ministry. He gave those ministries for the perfecting of the saints so the perfected saints could do the work of the ministry. You have a part. Everybody say, I have a part. Where do you have a part? In the body, in ministry. It's back to what we said Wednesday night. What in the world are you doing here? You have a part. All right? So it's for the work of the ministry through you. And then what does this do? This edifies you? No. It edifies the body of Christ. When a couple of Wednesday nights ago or three Wednesday nights, when we had these different ones take a few minutes and talk about the different areas of ministry where the Lord is using them. Not so, it wasn't a bragging session. It was, a, it was an opportunity for us to see where the Lord is using parts of the body. And then not so we could go, oh, I need to be like them, but so we could go, I need to pray about that. Lord, strengthen my brother. Use my sister. Bless them. Let me cover that area where that so I can fulfill my part. And the body's edified. Verse 13. This is till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. We talked about this Wednesday. We'll just fly. A perfect man's not talking about me or you being a perfect individual. It's talking about the body of Christ there. Unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Why do we need the fullness of Christ? Because we're the body of Christ. Verse 14. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Verse 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ. He's the head. We're the body. I'm standing here holding a microphone, talking, moving my body, walking around. And guess what? Every bit of instruction for me to do all of that is coming from my head. You don't believe that? Cut my head off and it wouldn't keep happening. This is really odd. I was reading an article yesterday about decapitation. That's somebody having their head cut off, just in case you. I was reading an article about this in France because they did this in France until like 1900 and something. 1971 or 76, I think they would. That's how they executed people: was guillotine. I was alive when they stopped doing that. And so, some of you go thinking, you're old. No, no. So I'm reading this article about decapitation, right? And there's all these studies about can people still think and see and process stuff once their head's cut off? Like, does that head, is it still able? And so there was these different things through time where different ones had watched. And one guy had been convicted of murder, but he had a friend who was a scientist and he knew he was going to die, so he, he told his friend, I'm giving you permission, have them, that when they cut my head off, you can do something really quick to see, to test this. And so, yeah, I, I stumbled across it, and it caught my attention. I'm reading this. And it was interesting, 
what was interesting to me was that for a few seconds afterwards, the head was still processing thought. Because in these, the examples that they cited was when someone's head was cut off, someone who knew them would call them by name and they would watch their eyes turn before they would go. That's sort of weird, I know. But the head doesn't function without the body. The body doesn't function without the head. And so without my head, I can't move, walk, speak, talk. I don't process all of that. It's just happening. Why? Because my head is fully connected to my body. Thank God. If we are the body of Christ, we should be fully connected to the head. Would you agree with this? And the design of all ministry and the purpose of the placing of members in the body for the edifying of the body is that we would grow up into him. Who's him? Christ, which is the head. So see, the Lord understood that when we're born into the body and placed in the body of Christ, we're not immediately mature. Right? The day I received the baptism of the gift of the Holy Ghost, I didn't become super spiritual, mature Christian. It would be great if it worked that way. It doesn't work that way. It, and the Lord knew that about us. You're saying the Holy Ghost can't do that? Yes, the Holy Ghost can do that. But we have to grow up into Him. We have to learn. We grow in knowledge and the stature and the fullness of Christ. That's what we read in the verses before. This is a process. This is, how, this is why we come together to hear the teaching and instruction of the Word of God. It's growing and maturing in Christ until we grow up into the head. What does that mean, grow up into the head? Are we disconnected until then? No, that's not what it means. It means until I grow up in a place to where all of my function in the body, I'm no longer living according to my will and my own choosing, my operating, my living day to day at work, in the supermarket, at the gas station, at the coffee shop, wherever I go, every interaction, all of my instructions coming from the head. I'm no longer living my own life. This is what the Apostle Paul said. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me. That's growing up into Christ to where every function of my life is now flowing from the head. I'm not saying that like I'm there. It's where I desire to be. I don't want to speak words unless he gives them to speak. I don't want to go here unless he says go there. I want to be fully connected to the head. But guess what? Unless you're the neck in the body. You're dependent on some other part or many other parts of the body to be connected to the head. We need each other. So watch verse 16. I think that's where that, yeah. From whom the head, from whom the whole body fitly joined together 
and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. I have a question for you. How often have you... Just answer this for yourself. You don't need to like raise your hand and tell me. How often have you or how much time do you spend praying for yourself? Your situation. Your circumstance. Now, how much time do you spend praying about the connections the joints in the body, everywhere God would join you in the body. Do the joints matter? I want to tell you how much the joints matter. Here, you two men come here. I'm going to let them example how much the joints matter. All right. You stand right there. You stand right there. Now, here's the deal. I want you to hold your arms out beside you, stiff and straight. Lock them. There you go, just like that. Perfect. Good, good soldiers. <laughs> just like that. Now, here's the thing. I want you to get, don't wait till I'm done, then, then when I say go, okay? I want you guys to walk back to your seats. But here's the deal. You can't use any of your joints. Go. Use any joint. <laughs> you notice he was he was gonna hop. Well, ah, you can't do that because that's the joints at the ankle. But the Martin, ah, that's the joint at the hip. You understand without the joints, the body is immobilized. The body has no function. Other than existing, you can be seated. Thank you. This is why the joints are so important. This is why where God has placed you and I matters. Why do you think the enemy wants to separate you from your brother or sister? Because then he immobilizes the body. I don't care if you. Pray every day, you're faithful to God, you do all the things you're supposed to do, but you do it all in a cocoon and you're not letting yourself get connected in the body because you're better than everybody else or, oh, I don't want that to rub off, oh, they got this flaw or that, and so therefore I just... And you're separating yourself and not being... you got to let the Spirit of God join you and I in the body. I need a fresh revelation of the power of what happens where God connects us together. That's what makes the body mobile in the earth. I'm convinced. The reason we are not yet seen in time harvest, twofold. Number one, it's not yet time. And number two is the body is not yet fitly framed together so that it can be as mobile so the head can flow through it the way he wants to. And so the Holy Ghost is trying to get us in a position. It is the Spirit of God trying to position the church so that he can do the work that he wants to do in the earth in this last hour. 
Now, some of you may just take that as, well, that sounds nice, Brother Hart. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, it is the Spirit of God desiring to join the body together so he can mobilize the church for end-time harvest in this last hour. You and I are going to see miracles, signs, and wonders. You and I are going to be used to do these things under the authority of God that lives would be drawn to Him and reconciled to Him and placed in the body as He ordained before the foundation of the world. He wants to do this. So it's paramount that I seek His face and let Him place me and that I pray, God, let me be knit together where you design with my brother and my sister the joints that you have ordained. You understand when the Apostle Paul in one place wrote, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, even so much the more as you see the day of the Lord approaching. What's he talking about? Don't forsake the assembling together as you see the return of the Lord is near. All my life I've heard that scripture quoted like, Make sure you go to church a lot. Nothing wrong with that. As long as it's not just religious tradition. But <clears throat> that's not what Paul was saying. He was saying, don't neglect to allow God to assemble you together. Forsake not the assembling together as the manner of some is. Even so much more. As you see the day of the Lord. Is the day of the Lord approaching? Absolutely. So my prayer has got to be God. Assemble us together according to your design. Let me allow you to assemble me in the body the way you see fit. I'm not content to just be in the body. I want to be assembled the way he intends. Now. Do you believe it's important? I know you do. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Since that intro took a long time, I'll make sure that the, the body and the conclusion for you Bible school students is short. I'm being a little facetious, not about the short part. I just, I never have a intro and body and conclusion in case you haven't figured that out. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 10. Watch this. Paul's writing to the church of Corinthians. Listen what he says. I beseech you. That means it's really important. This is Paul saying, I'm begging you. That's what that word literally means. He's writing to the church at Corinth, and he's saying to the church, I'm begging you. Brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. What? Are we supposed to be like robots? Well, if you were here Wednesday night, you know better than that, right? He's not talking about being robots. He's talking about the reason we're speaking the same thing is because we're all getting our words from the head. That you all speak the same thing and watch and. It's not enough to just speak the same thing. And that there be what? 
No divisions among you. What is a division? I'll tell you what it is. You can stop sitting here, I know, probably. But. This is a connection. This is a division. This is a connection. This is a division. And sometimes this is a connection. And this is the beginning of division. I'm resisting the assembling of myself together. Paul said, thank you. There be no, he's begging that there be no divisions among you. But that you be perfectly joined together. I have been praying this for a month. God, perfectly join us together. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We can't do it in our ability, Father, but you can. You have a design. You have a design and you have a purpose. I pray perfectly. Join us together according to your design that was framed before the foundation of the world. I will... Go to a place of prayer at times. And as the Lord would lead, I would call your names. And I'm a visual person, so usually when I'll call your name, I'll see your face. And I feel such a responsibility by the leading of the Lord, to find and be sensitive to each member's place in the body. It's why when someone walks in these doors, I can't just go, well, that's nice that they visited. I'm wanting to understand by the help of the Lord God, give us wisdom. What's their place in the body? You brought them for purpose. You're the builder. We're not. You're the one who joins. You're the one that places. Help us, God, to facilitate as you would. Help us to be conduits that facilitate your placing of a member in the body. Let us not hold them back where you're seeking to connect. Let us not look through eyes of judgment or criticism or look at flaws and faults and seek to disconnect or seek to hinder what you're trying to connect. I'm not talking about accepting sin. You understand that. I'm talking about getting rid of judgment and criticism so that the Lord can get rid of divisions that would try to be in the body and He can set members where He will. And I'll tell you, sometimes I'm praying for some and I'm calling names and I, I know of people that aren't here yet, but I know they're supposed to be in the body. And so I have faith to pray until I see them here. 
Why? You say, Brother Hart, you're trying to collect people? Not at all. The furthest thing from my mind. I just simply want every part of the body that he's ordained to be in the body so that we can be effective in this last hour to do the work of the king in the valleys. And so we need every part and we must understand. It's why I and you can't just go through our day just lackluster. Well, you know, I think I'll sort of dedicate myself to God today, but I'm, I'm just going to live after my own will today. I sort of feel, you know, I, I, was, I was in church Sunday and I've been pretty good. I'm just going to live according to my will today. I can't do that if I'm a part of the body of Christ. The head is the one giving me instruction. This is the design and the desire of God. Be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared, verse 11, watch, Paul's writing to the church, trying to get a message across. It has been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, and I have Cephas, and I have Christ. Verse 13, is Christ divided? It's the body of Christ if it's got parts all over the place and they're not connected. This is important. This is important. I don't want division in the body. I can't control what my brother or my sister does or doesn't do. I can only be yielded to the Spirit of God for my part. I could say, you know, I know the Lord desires to connect me and Brother Rigo. But, you know, I tried. And he did this and it just got on my nerves. And I'd just rather not. You know what that is? Flesh. Flesh. Maybe, just maybe, the Lord's trying to use Brother Rigo to crucify me. Find, you've heard me tell this story, so I won't walk all the way back through it again. If you haven't heard it, you can ask me later, but some of you understand this statement. And you haven't done anything, but it, it Brother Ego does, I'm getting on my last nerve. I just can't do it. I can't do it. I don't know. And, you know, usually here's what I found. There was a situation in my life years ago in the church in Puyallup. There was a man there that for the first several years we were there, him and I just, we didn't have anything against each other. We, man, we just didn't, you know what I mean? And, and every part is not directly connected. I understand that, and so I'm okay with that. And, but we just didn't. And sometimes, man, I, I just wasn't sure what he was about. And he probably felt the same way. I don't know. And I, and I mean, you know, we weren't unkind to each other. There was no ill will between us or anything. I'm just, you know, I don't, I don't know. You get it, right? Well, interestingly enough, we made a trip to Florida, a group of seven or eight men. 
And wouldn't you know, him and I got put in the same hotel room together all week. Well, this is going to be interesting. Well, as if that wasn't enough, there were multiple times throughout that week where him and I ended up ministering together. One right after the other, or one before the other. We'd go back to our hotel room. We'd get there at 10 at night. We'd each sit on our bed across from each other and begin talking. We'd look and say, man, it's 4.30. We better go to sleep. We're supposed to be back at the church at 6. Non-stop flow of ministry. Non-stop. We're like, what in the world? And I, I finally expressed, I told him, I said, man, i got to be honest with you. For years, there was nothing. I, I, just, I just told him what I told you. Nothing against you. I, I just, he said, man, you know, I, I sort of felt the same way. I just didn't. You know what made me realize? Sometimes the very place where the Lord is wanting to bring connection in the body. The enemy will plant something in your mind so that you'll resist the connection that the Lord wants to make. You ever heard the saying opposites attract? Why is that? My wife and I are opposites. It's a good thing. If there were two of me, we'd be in trouble. Bishop used this example at Poss, and it's very fitting. You ever put a puzzle together? You ever try to put together two pieces that are exactly the same? What fits? Opposites. That's where connections come. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Paul says, I'm beseeching you that there be no divisions among you. Is the Christ divided? He said, I'm hearing there's contentions. You know what contentions are? Contentions are when Sister Julie wants her way and Sister Jasmine wants her way and neither one of them are interested in giving in to the other's way and the reality is what they're both showing is neither one of us really seem to have found God's way and we're just fighting for our way. Or, or maybe that's contentions. Contending for my way. You know what the challenge is in divisions and contentions and all of those things? I'm not dead yet. That's that phrase I told you you'd heard before. And I walked into a man and he said, how are you doing? And I said, I'm surviving. And he said, that's your problem. You're not dead yet. And he talked to me for three and a half hours about how I wasn't dead yet. That's a true story. And the longer he talked, the more I realized I wasn't dead. And I. This is why divisions and contentions come in the body. Because I'm not dead to my will and my flesh yet. And so I'll find fault with my brother. I'll speak ill of my brother. I'll point out flaws in my brother or my sister. I'll get at odds with... I understand we get upset. We get, but we can't let the enemy build on that and build an offense or build any division in the body. This is critical to the work of the church and the earth in this last hour. You're a part of the body of Christ. It's critical. Would you stand with me today?
Brother Jeremiah, can you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, please? We'll just start with verse 1. Paul's still writing to Corinth. I want you to hear what he's saying. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. Are you anybody interested in the Lord speaking to you as a spiritual, in a spiritual manner? That's how I want him to speak to me. Paul is addressing the church at Corinth. And he says, I couldn't speak to you as unto spiritual. But as unto carnal. He's saying, I got to deal with where you are right now. Because you're not growing. Understand, I'm not saying all of us are in this place. We just need to understand how this works. But as unto carnal or fleshly, even as unto babes in Christ. He's saying, hey, I'm talking to people that have just been born into the body. But the reason he's dealing with them is because some of them hadn't just been born into the body. But they hadn't grown up yet. How do we know? Well, let's read further and see what he's talking about. Verse 2. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. I like a good steak. If I walk into a steak restaurant planning to get a good steak. I went to this place in Indianapolis. I better not talk about it. You get hungry. Man, it was good. And I have an appointment in two weeks. Somebody's buying me dinner at the Met, which is a really good steakhouse in Seattle. It's like 60 bucks for a steak, so I'm glad somebody else is paying. That's when you go. <laughs> and so I like a good steak. You know what? I'd be disappointed if I walk in there in this lunch meeting that I'm going to have in a couple of weeks, and the guy says, you know, I'm glad you're here, but I just bought you a glass of milk. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, no, no. He said, well, you know, I, Here's what Paul said, I fed you with milk and not with meat. Why would he not feed them meat? For hitherto you were not able to bear it. He said, I wanted to give you some things that would nourish your soul and feed you. But the problem is because there's not maturing in you yet that the Lord's wanting to bring in the body. I can only give you milk. You know, the challenge I realized with just being fed milk is you can only make it so long and you got to get fed again. You got to get fed again. And we should continually be eating at the master's table. But there's some there's some sustenance that comes from meat that doesn't come from milk. But he says you weren't able to bear it. Neither yet now are you able. Verse three. Why? Why are they not able? For you are yet carnal, fleshly. Notice there's a colon after that. He describes what them being carnal is. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal or fleshly and walk as men? Now, we want to say, no, 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 I'm spiritual. They're carnal. Well, the Rigo's carnal. I'm spiritual. There's the issue. Well, I just expressed with my words how spiritual I was not. Because Galatians tells me, if a brother be overtaken in a fault, 
you which are spiritual restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Oh, it goes further than that. It says, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. So when my brother stumbles in a fault, I don't look and go, I knew it was going to happen. He's carnal. Saw it. Could have told you that was coming. He was as spiritual as I am. Just realize, you understand I've been a little facetious, but dead serious. If I'm spiritual, I come alongside my brother. I don't run over here and go, you're not going to believe what mommy did. Help me pray for him. Why would I not do that? Because I'm not going to allow the adversary to use me to plant a seed that could become division or contention between Brother Lewis and Brother Martin. I may say, hey, let me pray for Brother Martin. I think he could use us right now. But if I have insight into why we're praying, I'm not going to plant that seed and give the enemy adversary room. I'm going to say, let's restore, brother. Now, you understand, I'm not talking about condoning sin. But we need wisdom. We need to move to a place of being spiritual in the body. This is the desire of God. And all of this is so that he can use us as his body in the earth. When he walked the earth, he healed the sick. He raised the dead. He caused blinded eyes to be open. He caused deaf ears to be unstopped. He caused dumb tongues to be loosed. He caused the lame to walk. And he did all of that for one purpose. So that he could declare to them the kingdom of God. Jesus Christ was only the manifestation of the body of Christ for approximately three and a half years. You and I are now designed according to the word of God and the plan of God from before time began to be the body of Christ. This is why Jesus said, greater works than these shall you do, for I go unto my Father. That's the reason why all of this. Would you pray with me right now? Would you be willing to ask the Lord to search out your heart and your motive? To examine every area of my life. I want no divisions between my brother and my sister. Hear me. I don't want divisions in my home. That's where it starts. I don't want divisions in my home. I don't want divisions in the body of Christ. Lord, search my heart, my motive, my spirit, my being. I pray the knitting together, the joining together... The fit framing together as you have spoken in your word. That we would be mobilized as your body in the earth. That your will would be accomplished. The will of the head through the body would be fulfilled. In Jesus name I pray. 
Open our understanding to who we are in you. Open our understanding, I pray, give revelation to who we are in relationship to our brother and to our sister. Move us from our small-minded thinking in any way, Father, that we would see as you see, that our ear would be tuned to your voice, that we would be responsive and obedient to your instruction as our head. In the name of Jesus, I pray, use this, your body. Use us for your glory and your purpose. Strengthen my brother, strengthen my sister. Let the joints be strengthened today in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Let the joints be strengthened, Father. Let us to see our place in you. Give us understanding of our purpose in you. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Praise God. Praise God. Oftentimes growing up, when I would hear anything taught about divisions or offenses between brothers and sisters or contentions it usually meant there was something going on and so it was time to address it I'm not coming from that vantage point today I hope you understand that now if the Lord is quickened something to your spirit don't just write that off since I'm saying this but you just need to understand the Holy Ghost is trying to help us to mobilize us in love and we don't have time for this to take three, four, five years. We need the Spirit of God to get our mind in tune with the mind of Christ so that His mind is in us and our thinking aligns with the mind of Christ and so that the enemy can't bring division. And so we function the way we're intended to function. Amen? Praise God. The Lord bless you today. Greet your brother, sister. As you travel, if you slip, don't slide. Somebody once told me. <laughs>